Hello and welcome again to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast. All other podcasts are mere psychical place memories. <laughs> and we all know how troublesome those can be. Well, before we actually get into the podcast that uh, we've been working arduously on for an entire week and a half... <laughs> We should get into the actual reviews on iTunes, with the first coming from Mesa Angel, who points out that this is an awesome podcast, and that what we're talking about is perfectly suited for the religion class that she's taking, and that we do some crazy awesome work. Yeah, I love that stuff. I actually really like um, uh, hearing stories about uh, arguments inside religion classes. It's great. <laughs> the next yeah. one, uh, Curious 49, speechless five stars. Definitely never gets boring or drags on. Uh, if you have a problem with high blood pressure, be sure to take your meds before listening. I would say no. Um, people who have high blood pressure induced by this show, I think, should stroke out. Yes, yes. In, in fact, uh, I don't even understand why people with high blood pressure who listen to our show would even listen to our show. <laughs> this is not a good idea. Not conducive to health. Uh, the next one, by A. Dietrich. Ah, it's Greytheistic. <laughs> I have no idea what that's referring to. Yes, yes. Uh, I love you guys. Pierce Dan. Thank you, Pierce Dan. We love you too. Yes, yes, in more ways than we should count. Uh, over the last few months, I've listened to all of your podcasts some multiple times. That's dedication. Yeah. Um, he uh, says that uh, the audience knows who the smart one and, and who the smart ass is. Uh, I would beg to differ. Yes, yes. We actually received an email. Uh, we made a comment before about this, about how uh, the guy who sent us an email couldn't figure out who the smart one was with the whiny voice. But he responded with an email, and I want to read this to you because I'm confused as to who I am at this point. All right, it says, Guy number one from the show, smart, does most of the work, has annoying voice. Guy number two from the show, Dumb, lazy, deeper voice, funny. Picture of Layton, looks like the smart guy with whiny voice. Picture of Chuck, looks like the dumb, lazy, funny guy with a deeper voice. Bio of Layton, makes me think he's guy number two. Bio of Chuck, makes me think he's guy number one. My conclusion, guy number one is actually Chuck, and guy number two is Layton. He got it. He got it. I'm not so sure at this point. I'm confused. I, uh, I don't even know. I'm Chuck. I'm the smart one. I do not most, but all of the work. Yes. I'm and a, yes, I have the annoying voice. I'm a lazy bastard. I'm just here to make commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pierce Dan says he knows who the smart one is, who the smart ass is. We just can't keep straight who Charlie is and this other guy, Chuck. They both sound exactly the same. Well, split personality. It's God. it's a disorder. That's because I prefer Chuck and Leighton refuses to call me Chuck just because he is a bastard. Asshole is what I normally like to be called. Uh, Dire Wolf says um, he, as well as you, came to atheism through the study of history. Yeah, well, actually, once you get into it, you just discover so many things that raise an eyebrow that you can't turn aside from it. Honestly, I think that high school history should be taught uh, with religions in mind. I think that would be a subversive way of creating more atheists. I, I agree, and we are looking for more atheists out there. That's right, because we can't reproduce, we have to convert. Of course. <laughs> uh, Aggie Bro says, Genius! These guys are awesome. This is a hilarious podcast coming from extremely educated individuals. I would uh, correct you as saying this is a hilarious podcast coming from one extremely educated individual. Yes, we've already pointed out that the one educated person has a whiny voice. So, <laughs> as all educated people have whiny voices, we'll just stick to that paradigm. Uh, 46 and Tool um, gives what's perhaps the best uh, title to any irreligiosity review. Yes, I, I agree. Although the Beavis and Butthead comment has me chuckling, good, yeah. this one's pretty good. You guys make my sphincter clench. <laughs> Five stars. 
Well, just make sure you don't suck up the cushions you're sitting on when that occurs. Awesome. So, um, what we have in mind in honor of Halloween, and this is why we're not doing any Atheist News Networks this uh, month, is because uh, Leighton and I put together this little home haunt, um, and we transform what's going to be our garage and all the way through our backyard. Uh, it's too bad we don't have more space. We can do a bigger show. Yeah, yeah. well, we're working on it. We've only got uh, two weeks before my daughter's <laughs> Halloween party, <laughs> where we do like, kind of like a miniature run-through. Um, so almost all of our spare time is spent doing Halloween stuff. Yeah. So Building props, building the haunted house itself, so we are kind of tied We're, for we're time. pressed for time, so uh, we're going to do this podcast. Um, we'll see if we can get any more out for the month of October, but no promises. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our theme for October, we've hit, hit and hammered on um, religion Quite a bit, and so in honor of Halloween, we're going to start hammering on some of these idiots who uh, do ghost shows and, and claim that their house is haunted. Now, this this actually touches home for me because uh, my family, I don't know if I ever told you this story, my family deeply, deeply believes in ghosts. In fact, in my grandma's and my grandpa's house, there was a ghost called the Blue Lady because she would wear a blue dress. And my uncle, who also was a, a martial arts champion nationwide, he was asleep in the house one day, and he got up, was walking down the hall, and he saw the blue lady. So the first thing he does is drop down into a karate stance, does a karate chop, and nearly breaks his wrist on the vacuum cleaner, which, by the way, was blue. He was trying to chop a ghost. Yes. Karate chop a ghost. Yes. Maybe he should have tried the Vulcan death pinch, <laughs> or knockout pinch, whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, he nearly broke his wrist doing this. And, you know, had he just kind of turned around and ran back into his room, he would have had a story for the rest of his life. I saw the blue lady, right? She appeared to me in the hallway. No one can explain that. I saw her with my own eyes. All right, wait, wait, wait. We've got we've got a martial arts champion. He's going to fight. Of course. course, We all know that that you can karate chop a ghost and pinch their ghostly nerves. uh, Carotid artery. <laughs> That's the best way to put a stop to ghosts. Out there. Oh Lord! So what we're going to do? Uh, we were uh, planning on doing a haunting in Connecticut, right? Because that yeah. was actually a major motion picture. But somebody lost the DVD episode of the haunting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were the one who owned the DVD of the haunting. So the blame falls squarely on the educated man's shoulders. Yeah, that was me. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it is. I'll try to order a new copy. Maybe we'll try to do it a week or two from now. But we're going to settle for a haunting in Georgia because haunting in Connecticut was so successful that uh, they're going to do a sequel. I don't know why. That movie was so boring. God, it was horrible. You know, the documentary was even worse, but at least it was a little closer to what actually happened. Yeah. Um, So we're going to do a haunting in Georgia, which is going to be the sequel. So we're going to preempt this stuff. Uh, You know, in a year or two when it actually comes out, you guys will know the actual story. Yeah. But, of course, listening to our show, please don't go watch A Haunting in Georgia or Haunting in Connecticut. Uh, yeah, they're just for laughs. So what we did was we, we got the episode Haunting in Georgia, which I think was the second episode of The Haunting. Uh, about an hour sure. and a half of, of excruciating pain. So what, what we got here is we got a family named the Wyricks. And, uh, shockingly enough, um, they have southern accents. Well, they're in Georgia. Yeah, they're in Georgia. Yeah, Georgia peach. So, um, not the brightest bulbs in the litter. Um, actually, none of the people in this entire show, I think, had IQs above maybe 70. It was a shocking study of stupidity watching this show. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there are smart people in Georgia. I dated a southern girl who was very bright. 
But the people they got for this show, I swear they must have been searching back alleys for the most redneck, retarded people they could find. Well, you know, you typically don't find a um, physics professor who claims to be haunted. I mean, it's <laughs> pretty difficult. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, they're always pretty much rednecks. Um, so uh, the Wyricks move into this new home that they've been searching over a year of, right? Yeah. Uh, or year four. And they... Um, don't have any neighbors, really. Uh, so their poor only child um, plays by herself all the time, right? Yeah, basically, even in the documentary, the mother allows this child just to run freely through the yards because there's miles of nothingness. And this girl was, what, three or four at this time? This That's little true. girl was by herself. Her mother was inside working all the time. And what do you think happened? Oh, my a Gordy showed up, this old yep. fellow who wanted to play with her. Nice old man shows up, has a tea party with her, and uh, Mom just thinks he's an imaginary friend. Yeah. Hey, Mom, psst, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I dated a girl who had uh, a small young daughter, three, and uh, a small boy. And uh, the girl had imaginary friends. In fact, she would talk about them as her girls. She actually knew three of them, knew them by name knew what they looked like, described them to us, and used to get angry if she would say they pulled something and she was the one getting in trouble with it. She would say, no, it was my girls. They did it. So you're telling me that this entire story is about a imaginary friend. Well, look, um, we had seven kids in my family. I'm number three. Uh, one of my brothers had two imaginary friends that used to call him up on the phone all the time. Um, <laughs> was this when he was 16 looking for a date? <laughs> <laughs> he was about the same age as the girl in the um, show. Um, the two imaginary friends were named Hey Man, What You Talking About? and Butterman Jack. <laughs> and we would um, mercilessly make fun of uh, my younger brother uh, until finally Butterman Jack grabbed a knife, killed Hey Man, What You Talking About? and then shot himself in the head. And that was the last they were seen. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Okay. I I'll... suppose he could have been haunted by two guys. But I think Imaginary Friend is probably the most efficient hypothesis. Yes, yes. Now, now, the funny thing about this is as they go along in the story, the mother and the father, they react to these imaginary friends as just that, imaginary friends. It's not until the uh, mother's sister actually moves into town. Well, no, no. Remember, she saw um, another guy. Yeah, um, well, that was Khan. I was getting to that. Well, the first time she saw um, Mr. Gordy, she called, and the husband comes home. Yeah, that's true. And because they think that maybe this is a guy out there trying to kidnap their daughter. That's true. Um, he comes home, walks into the living room, opens up his gun rack, which is which unlocked. is unlocked and starts driving up and down the street with a loaded weapon looking to shoot this guy. <laughs> unlocked, loaded guns inside the house. <laughs> if that doesn't say South, I don't know what does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after this, you know, she kept doing It's like kind of the boy who cried wolf. She, mom stopped worrying about um, until kidnappers. Right, until um, yeah. the bad so, guy Yeah, so much like your uh, little family story about the imaginary friends killing each other, <laughs> this, <laughs> this little girl walks up to the front door and goes, uh, Mommy, there's a man standing at the door and he's all bloody. So the mother 
grabs a kitchen knife and starts running around the front yard crazily waving this knife around until a neighbor pulls up and says, uh, you all right? <laughs> what can you say? I have no idea. None. <laughs> Zero idea. And, of course, you have the, the normal cliche, the horror movie cliche where ghosts appear and you first know it by seeing your breath, right? Oh, it becomes really, God. really cold and you see your breath. Well, that doesn't come until after the sister. We'll get to that. But T Terrible. Now, my first thought is, you have a bloody man who shows up at your doorstep and your first inclination is to grab a knife so you can cut him further. What happens if he was in a car accident? <laughs> you come charging out there with a knife? You think that's going to help the situation any? And not only that, you are a woman. I don't care if you have a knife, unless you get a lucky strike or know how to defend yourself, you are going to get your ass whooped. Oh my god, you are a bastard. The guy apparently had his arm cut off. No, 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 no. She did not know that. The daughter walked so up to her and said... It was bloody and he was in bandage. So if he was in a car accident, no. you think that she couldn't take out she the guy with... The little girl did not say she was in bandages. She just said there was sure a bloody did. man at the door and the mother flipped out. So he's bloody car accident he's been he's already been injured you don't think she could take him out with a knife who says he's injured the he's girl bloody the girl said that he's bloody he could have blood on his shirt from whoever he was slaughtering maybe he was slaughtering a pig down the street and was looking for a little bit of hot poker i don't know i don't know why you would need a hot poker <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about um i i think the smarter move would would be to go grab one of those rifles well it's unlocked it's unlocked and loaded, and loaded. <laughs> Uh, and then she left the kid inside and left the door open. Yeah. Never. Never would I do that. I'd call 911. Oh, so now lock you're the being door. the sexist pig by I'm saying I'm telling she you, wrong. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I think it was a stupid move to go outside if you think there's some bloody, crazed individual. Um, not because she's a woman, just because it's crazy. What? You've got your daughter in there. She's like three or four years old. Well, you I... go and leave and walk around and leave the door open so the guy can come in and kill your daughter? What the hell is wrong with you? Now, my thought on all of this is I agree with you. Even as a guy, I was just pointing out that she's stupid and she's working on her weaknesses. But uh, You just don't want her run around with a knife because she's a woman and she might impale herself on a sharp object. Now, that's not exactly true because <laughs> I dated several women who used to sleep with knives under their pillows. Don't ask me why. And uh, they but you think it wouldn't do it wouldn't do any good because they're a woman and the man would beat them up. This case, yes. Did you see the fatty that they were showing on there? <laughs> that woman hasn't run ten feet in her life. Oh God! Moving on. <laughs> you see what I have to deal with here. This is what you have to deal with. I'm the one that's trying to point out something, and you're just flipping you're out. Right. You have to live with yourself twenty four hours a day. That's true. <laughs> yes, yes. I must look at myself in the mirror. Anyway. Continuing onward, this goes to Pierce. She runs out with a knife crazily, comes back inside, and uh, says, Oh, oops, just another imaginary friend. Yeah, um, <laughs> so uh, her sister moves in next door. You know, I just something just occurred to me. So on the first one where an old man is out there with the daughter, she calls the husband, he comes flying home. But when there's a bloody man at her doorstep, she grabs a knife and faces the danger herself. What kind of inconsistency is that? Well, you know, when you're scared for your daughter's life, I suppose, uh, I would not underestimate, uh, the, just like a, a female bear um, defending her cubs, I would not underestimate a woman who is protecting her child. Well, why would she do it the second time and not the first time? I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it. The, the, the inconsistency in the this story. Is, is this I'm is saying. stuff that these guys are remembering, right? 
And we'll get into this a little bit later because memory is not rock solid. No. These guys are assuming that this stuff happened exactly as they remember it or as they were telling it. And I would say bullshit on that for precisely this reason. Sister shows up. She sees a name on the lease, James Gordy. She mentions it to uh, well, her. Well, before that, before that actually happened, the, uh, the sister, as they were moving in, st actually commented to her that she doesn't think it's normal and uh, thinks there's more going on than just an imaginary friend, that there's something out there. She right. actually made that comment. Right. She mentions that the, her daughter has an imaginary friend, so the sister, the aunt, says that's not normal. But, of course, she has no children to play with. What do you think is normal? Yeah. Um, anyway, go on. So she knows the name James Gordy on the lease. Now, I tell you what would happen, or what was vastly more probable than the fact that they're telling the truth, um, is that they misremembered the sequence of events. So she goes, um, she says, well, there's this nice old man. And then um, she signs the lease, notices that um, the executor of the will, who, who's helping the property, the caretaker, is named James Gordy. Oh, yeah, the, the lady who owns the house says, oh, that's James Gordy. He's a caretaker. Bingo, it's associated with her mind. She goes in and says, oh, well, caretaker, this might be a ghost. This might be James Gordy, the, the, the guy who was taking care of the house prior to this. Yeah. That, that do you think that's more, more probable, flawed. or do you think it's more probable that maybe the girl said actually saw the ghost and said, oh, this is Mr. Gordy? Mm, tough decision on our account. And I, I love it, too, that they, they take her to the cemetery. Oh, yeah. And she runs straight to Mr. Gordy's grave, even though she can't read. Yeah. <laughs> she runs straight to it and then looks up and says, Grandpa, could you tell me what that says? Well, that says James Gordy died Bullshit. here. Bullshit. Bullshit. Well, not only that, but then the woman who was bringing over the paperwork, they harass her and say, you know what, could you bring some photographs? And she shows up with all these photographs. They put them in front of the little girl. And the little, they say to her, do you recognize anybody from these photographs? And she points at a picture of a man and says, oh, that's Khan. And the, the woman looks at her and says, um, honey, his name was Lon, not Khan. <laughs> but you're right. He did lose his hand as a child. In a threshing accident, also says Deep South. Yeah. <laughs> so, and really. They, they, you know, they go on. They have some really strange and inexplicable events, such as the dog inexplicably barks at nothing in the kitchen. Have these people ever <laughs> had dogs? They bark just wildly at nothing. Darkness, they bark. Yeah, they hear a squirrel in the yard. Bark, 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 bark. That squirrel runs by the window. Bark, 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 bark. Well, there's nothing the in here. There's nothing in the kitchen. And shortly thereafter, the dog ran away. And never came back. Well, let me tell you this. Knowing what I know about the family, I wouldn't have stayed there very long yeah. either. Well, considering the dog they picked, that thing looked like just a mutt they picked up off the street. So I would have run away too. So family's arranging flowers for a wedding and a chair moved inexplicably. I'm calling bullshit. I am flabbergasted at that one. Bullshit. Uh, they, so they decide the house was haunted, right? The husband says, let's just wait a while and see if it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mind all the ghosts and the moving of chairs. It's okay. It'll get better. And then Heidi wakes up one morning with scratches on her face. Again, no possible explanation for this. You know... I don't think I ever told you about this, but uh, just out of high school, I was heavily into weightlifting. In fact, I weighed about 205 pounds because I was lifting weights so much. And I recall a particular dream where I was up against some guys, and we were seeing who could curl the most weight. 
So in my dream, I'm huffing, I'm puffing. I go to throw the weight as hard as I can, and I swing up, and I punched myself in the eye. In fact, it woke me up. I had a black eye for a week after that. Hmm, I wonder if there's any other explanations for this girl waking up with scratches. No, you just thought you punched yourself in the eye. Actually, it was Mr. Gordy. Mr. Gordy was in there going, you (laughs) bastard. (laughs) I know you're going to do a podcast about me. (laughs) Well, Uh, fuck you, Mr. Gordy. What I would like is for one of these children to get scratches that's not in a place that isn't accessible to their fingers. That would actually be very nice, too. Well... See, then, a little bit later on, the father actually develops scratches on his side and instantly attributes it to Ghost. Now, I don't know how many of you out there have ever done grunt labor, but there are times when you walk away and someone actually says, Whoa, dude, you're bleeding. And you look down and you're like, Whoa, I don't even understand how I got that. Right. Uh, auto accident. I, you know, banged forward onto my little remote control. Uh, the little metal clip on there. Yeah. Got out of the car, and the guy in the car um, says, hey, you're bleeding. <laughs> Look in the mirror. Sure enough, there's a little cut on my forehead. Um, and, you know, you might not notice this stuff till later. You're absolutely right. Um, it, it's um, fairly – and we're all assuming that they're telling the truth, right? That yeah. they have no motive for lying, um, such as, I don't know, being on a TV show or getting press or – Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got <laughs> writing a, a book or, you know, anything like that. Anyway um, – Well, one thing I would like to point out is that the scratches on the child's face and the scratches on the father's side were at the same level. So even if these possibilities aren't so, maybe the little girl got up, was half asleep, stumbled into something that left scratches, and then the father later on bumped into it himself. I would also like to point out that several times during this episode, Mom tries unsuccessfully to wake Dad. Yes. And where do you grab when you're trying to wake them? Oh, I don't know, on the back, perhaps on the side. She grabbed him twice in the exact place that he had those scratches. Yes, yes, but I want to get to that a little bit later. All right. Let's continue with the story. So they move out of the house. They, they go out. They can't take it anymore. And then they move back in the next day. And they say, if it happens one more time, we're moving out. We're good. And it doesn't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so... What to do? What to do? What would you do in this situation? You have no explanation for this. Who do you go to? Ghostbusters. Clearly, you go to the local college's um, parapsychologist. <laughs> <laughs> do they have that in the yellow pages? <laughs> Doctor William Roll is an Oxford-trained parapsychologist. I'm sure Oxford constantly promotes the fact that they have those academic yeah. courses. Right. How embarrassing for Oxford. Oh, God. So, um, you can tell he's a scientist because he's got a German accent and thick glasses. Yes, yes. That's the first indication that he is the smart one in Georgia. <laughs> His IQ might be 74. So, we're, we're rising up the bar a little bit. <laughs> he does have a PhD in psychology. Um, and well, so, once again, so does my brother, and I don't really look on him too highly either. So I, I don't put much stock in PhD. Uh, your brother has a master's, I think. Oh, God. He's currently working on a PhD. Either I'm not way. sure that's any better. Anyway. Either way, it's not better. Uh, Dr. Roll comes to the house and does a thorough investigation. Oh, yes. He checks the um, magnetic field <laughs> of, <laughs> around the house. It doesn't vary. It's like 0.1 milligausses. Oh, God, it's hilarious. He said often there will be temperature changes, such as sudden and severe temperature drops 
or sudden and severe temperature rises. So um, basically, if there's any, any temperature change, any it means, fluctuation whatsoever. Oh God. But unfortunately, the house is 18 degrees Celsius all the way through. Yeah. So on his first initial run through, he finds nothing, and so he says to them, "Wait, he, he does find something." Not, not that yes. was the first run through, and then no, he strapped it because he said ions are another possibility. That's true. And so uh, apparently, and the 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 show uncritically claims that scientists have proven that positive ions negatively affect a person's mood and perceptions of the environment. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I don't know either. Which positive ions? Calcium? Are we talking hydrogen? I don't know. Because we got lots of hydrogen ions floating around in our body all the time. <laughs> but that that's why we're all grumpy in the morning. We have too many ions. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is he talking about? Maybe he's talking about an ion enema. I don't know. I mean, oh, the God. dude's obviously a crackpot. He you see him on the show. In one end of the house, a massive concentration of positive ions. Yes, he does. I really want to know what ion that way he was talking about. Because he said it pegged the chart. It went off the scale. Well, the great thing about it is... He also asked the girl if she was scared about these manifestations, and she says no, and that she can physically touch them. Um, imaginary friend, little girl, what a surprise. <laughs> and then also... That's right, he interviews the girl, right? Yeah. To see if maybe she's making it up, and he says no, she's solid. She has no concept of ghosts, because she said these people are solid, they look like you and me, and oh, she grasped the hand shit. of the guy. Bullshit, that she has no concept of ghosts. You're telling me this family... Hasn't been going around talking about this ever since, and she has no concept well, of ghosts. You're absolutely right, because later on in the show, uh, he goes and goes back to uh, Grandpa's house. <laughs> oh, God, right? Grandpa. And Grandpa tells him a bunch of scary stories that happened to him. Grandma apparently had a bunch of scary stories. We'll get on that, too. Yeah. So bullshit on the ghost thing. Not only that, but then he brings out a picture of Gordy and mixes it in with a bunch of others hands it to the little girl and says, which one is Gordy? And the girl picks it out, and he's like, oh, well, uh, obviously she had never seen this again. Bullshit. That yeah. family has been researching Gordy, everything yep. else. You're telling me this little girl didn't run across a newspaper clipping? Wrong. Wrong, wrong. And, um, you know, uh, how do we know Mom didn't say, what about this one? Don't you think that's Mr. Gordy? Yeah. Look yeah. closely. We, we already know Ridiculous. this. Ridiculous. Scientist doesn't know scientific method because as soon as he had those high ion readings, he pulled all of his equipment out. Well, except for one, that was the magnetometer because he wasn't happy with that reading, and so he recorded it overnight. And sure enough, there was a fluctuation overnight, clinching the diagnosis of place memories. Yes, yes. Now the funny thing about that is he also pointed out that appliances kicking on and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, other electronic Stoves, devices microwaves, yeah. creates a uh, magnet. And so my comment to that is every time you microwave something, Gordy's going to appear to the little girl. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, nothing happens during night except, oh, maybe air conditioning, possibly heating. Ugh, God. Yeah. Anyway, so he was amazed at the spike of uh, magnetic readings overnight. Yeah. Now, he actually went and he did research on this and uh, he found out that there was a small earthquake and that they were living on a fault line and that was the reason they were hallucinating. The seismic shifts cause magnetic fields and there you go. Yeah. Now here's his theory about what happened. He has this idea of place memories, that the environment records impressions of people who lived there in the past. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
what what kind of recording device is that? He says <laughs> that this at first sounds startling to people. And uh, I would say yes. I would say it sounds stupid. But you have to remember that our environment is made up of energy and light. So therefore oh, it can God. happen. Now, um, I, I laughed out loud at this because uh, the narrator then goes on to say, but scientists have yet to understand how these energy recordings are stored in the environment or why so few individuals can perceive them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Listen, Dr. Roll, you have no mechanism whatsoever for any recording of anything in the environment, the much trees, less a playback mechanism. The trees are recording us right now. Oh, God. <laughs> well, see, <clears throat> my thought on that is if an earthquake causes hallucinations by kicking out all of these ions, then why is it when we have these massive earthquakes in Los Angeles and other places, we don't get reports of massive hallucinations across the population? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it for that. Uh, th there's an empirical test of that theory. Yeah. There, there should go. be mass hallucinations for every single earthquake. Exactly. There should be <clears throat> cases and cases of hallucinations during an earthquake. So uh, there goes your little fault line theory. I think it just got ass raped. The funniest thing about this whole theory is that the guy doesn't believe the people he's interviewing. No. If she was right and she's holding it, you can't hold a hallucination. No, he does not believe in spirits. He believes this is all just yeah. ions and interacting with the... He says, I can't, I can't account for the scratches. So clearly, if he believes his theory, then the daughter's lying about seeing solid people and grabbing their hands, uh, and uh, the daughter and father are lying about the scratches. Yes. He doesn't believe them. So why should we? Yeah. And why should we believe his theory any better? Because he just ignores things. <laughs> yeah, I love how he says that he doesn't believe in ghosts. They're just hallucinations brought upon by changes in the temporal lobe caused by magnetic fluctuations. Such as turning on the microwave. So be careful, our <laughs> listeners out there. You might see ghosts when you microwave your food. So that theory is great, but ghosts, no way. <laughs> that crosses the line. Oh, God. So, so anyway... He basically says to them, well, here are my readings, just be careful, and uh, if you ever Don't need worry. me, call me back. Don't worry, because it's just hallucinations. Yes. And, of course, the hallucinations continue. Of course. And they get worse now. Yes. They have a new baby, Jordan. Of course. Uh, another daughter. The girl's name is Heidi. After Heidi's teenage years, she no longer saw Mr. Gordy. Yeah, what a surprise. She becomes a teenager... And Gordy becomes, in her own words, an old memory. Yes. Really. But she continues to see this black, faceless man who apparently is wearing a hoodie. Yeah. And uh, the the bad guys. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she well, the bad the, guys the bad always spirits. Well, see, what I find absolutely hilarious is she had her friend over, Montine. I am so sorry your parents named you that. My God. My God. Are, are they looking to torture you more than just the ugly face you had? Oh. But uh, Montine was there, and she also experienced ghostly experiences such as noises happening. Let me give you an idea of an experience <laughs> I had as a child with my good friend Chad. We went up to his house. It was dark. We were the only ones there. We were running around playing, and we started hearing things around the house. It freaked us out so much that Chad grabbed the double-barrel shotgun off the mantel, 
ran around up to his dad's room, loaded the thing with shotgun shells, and we wandered around the house until we found a safe corner, hid in it, and just pointed the shotgun around until we heard his parents driving up, and then we quickly put everything back so they would never notice. Um, you're a child. Your imagination is going wild. Uh, yeah, you're going to hear odd things. It could be anything, for God's sakes. Just because you don't know what it is doesn't mean it's a ghost. Yeah. Uh, so from this experience, they, they somehow, from the experience that it happens to a friend inside the house, they somehow think that it's after their family and it has nothing to do with the house. Yeah. Now this is another reason why I think they're jumbling their memories. Because later on a psychic comes, we'll get to that, she tells them, it's not the house, it's you. You're the mediums. So do you think perhaps they got the idea that it wasn't the house at that time and they're just remembering it earlier? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, these two girls, they specifically say they did not see this this horrible figure chasing them. But they were just really frightened. It's happening not to just the family, not to just this Heidi girl, but also to the friend. And it's happening inside the house. Yeah. So how they decide it's not the house and it's only their family, uh, yeah. idiotic. What I love is a reporter actually comes. He's a photographer. He loves the paranormal. He drives up to the house, but gets so afraid by the feeling he gets that he turns around and runs away, and he writes his article about that. Huh. Without Does, investigating. Without investigating. <laughs> Does that seem just a little bit suspicious about, oh, I don't know, trying to get people to read his article a little bit more, try to build I'll on the I'll tell you what happened. The guy never went never got off his fat, lazy ass and interviewed anybody. And so instead of doing his job, he made up this story. Yeah, that is That's what far happened. more plausible than a man driving up, walking towards the house with a camera, and then fleeing while leaving a yellow stain behind him. So there's, um, ten years go by, there's uh, the newspaper story, so everyone in the community now knows about it. And whose fault is that? Uh, I would say the families yes. for spreading this around. Yes, they, they are so they, they don't want the attention so much that they call a freaking newspaper reporter yeah. to get him over to the house. And then, of course, the, the daughter, the one who saw Gordy, is walking around getting teased for this, and she's looking at him going, ah, just grow up. Shocking that Shocking. she'd be teased. Yeah. Um, now, they uh, at this time, so, well, you know, one thing bothered me. They said they've been haunting for 10 years. But Mr. Gordy has now gone away, and now it's just malevolent spirit. Yeah. Why would the hauntings get more evil as time passed? Well, because they were watching horror movies by this time. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to go back to church, right? Yes. And Brother Shelley doesn't um, hold truck with all of this scientific mumbo-jumbo. He believes he gets right down to it. This is a demonic spirit. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, is he actually points out that he doesn't believe that there are ghosts out there, that they're all just demonic spirits here on, on the earth. Right, again, no ghosts, but demonic spirits, those things are absolutely real. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> uh, so the family, for unknown reasons to me, decides to call Dr. Roll back because he was so helpful in the first time. Well, right? the, the reason why they called him back was because the youngest daughter started seeing spirits as well. Why didn't they just get an exorcism if they're so faithful? Well, because they weren't faithful with the Catholic Church. Maybe this church they're going to doesn't believe in exorcisms. I don't know. But the youngest daughter, surprise, surprise, starts seeing a ghost. But it's not Mr. Gordy. It's not Khan. It's not the malevolent figure. It is a little girl who just got into a car crash and uh, was dead. And who, coincidentally, seems to be about the same age as her. Yeah, what a surprise. Shocking. And 
You know what's really shocking is a family that walks around talking about ghosts probably on a daily basis and then their youngest daughter seeing one. That's just, I, I, I can't even explain that. And keep in mind, she only saw it that once. We never hear from the daughter yeah, again. Yeah, they only saw it that once. Not uh, So Jordan sees this one girl ghost. Mom takes her out of the room and uh, never again do we hear any ghostly sightings by the other daughter. Maybe she's tired of being made fun of. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So Roll comes back, um, and he thinks, my God, of course, they have ESP. <laughs> yeah, so much for my magnetic and ion theory. They have ESP. Uh, Hal, um. Heidi and, and Lisa, of course, are psychic. Um, they have natural capacities of human mind that can be understood and pursued through science. I love it. He keeps saying this is all naturalistic, but he has absolutely no idea about um, naturalist versus supernatural phenomenon. ESP is a supernatural phenomenon. There is no naturalistic explanation for it. Unless you want to say there's another sense that some people have, but then you got to say what's interacting with this sense. Is it light waves? We should see it. Sound waves? Yeah. We should hear it. Any other thing we should be able to detect if it's natural. And, and why do some people, and only a few apparently, see it? Right? Well, it, it could be because they have a family history of believing yeah. in this shit. And they, these very few people seem to be gullible. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but, but these very few people have been raised to believe that anything out of the ordinary could be right. a ghost. So he, he thinks there's a genetic link. And so he interviews their father again and uncovers paranormal experiences dating back generations, for which I say... Shocking! What a surprise. Well, I am stunned. Then the aunt actually comes into the house when nobody's home, starts hearing what she says is creepy laughter. And then she says that there was a lamp working without being plugged in. I'm going to call bullshit, bullshit. on the lamp. But it, it brings up kind of my mother in my mind because they moved into this house and she was there by herself with, uh, with my niece and nephew upstairs already asleep. She was down in the kitchen getting herself a meal and she heard something down in the basement rumbling around. It terrified her so much, she ran up, climbed into bed, and pretty much hid. Well, this happened a few times over the next few weeks, and she started going downstairs, she couldn't find anybody, so she attributed it to a ghost. Well, about... Of course, again, you have no explanation, and so you replace the non-explanation with an explanation. You can't do that. That is a fallacy called argument from ignorance. All right? <laughs> you, you are ignorant about the uh, cause of it. But that ignorance does not allow you to supply a solution out of your ass. Well, that's what she did. She supplied the solution that it was a ghost. And because of this, several months went by, and my father was finally down in the basement when this event occurred, and it turned out that uh, every night at that time, the sprinklers would come on, and all that water rushing through that pipe would rattle it around. Gee. <laughs> I, I still go with the ghost theory. Yeah, I, I, It's not the water. A ghost has grabbed onto that pipe with his intangible fingers, and he's rattling it around. Yeah, and every night at that time, just to make them think it's the sprinklers. And in a year or two, that story would have expanded to... When I was down in that basement, my temperature dropped. I could see my breath in the air, and then it rattled. You know, you can see how this stuff moves. Well, it, it moves because of word of mouth. Now, not many people know, but the old farmhouse I grew up in, it uh, became abandoned after we sold it to the woman. And uh, she 
declared bankruptcy, left it there. It was left for about six years, just unattended. Uh, children were starting to break in there, having parties in there, that sort of thing. Well, uh, me and a buddy of mine started sneaking in there, catching people in there, and we started telling stories about how there were ghosts, how the family that lived there had adopted a bunch of children, made them work for their food, and that every once in a while one would die and they would get buried in the concrete. This became such a renowned story that there is a website. You can actually look my house up as one of the most haunted places in America. There was a news report on it debunking it. The neighbors were so tired of hearing about this, they called this uh, reporter, and he did a, like a five-minute segment debunking it. And they called the, the actual owner of the properties like, what? <laughs> no, we're about to demolish it. I've never heard anything like that. It's yeah. Ridiculous. So I wonder how these ghost stories get larger and larger yeah. as they go. So now um, going back to the, the um, genetics thing, right? Uh, Grandma apparently was raised in an area called Haunted Hollow. Yeah. Uh, it was um, the, a long part of the Trail of Tears where uh, 2,000 men, women, and children, Native Americans, were forced to travel from one place to another Massive suffering. Um, uh, well, 2,000 women, men, women, children actually died while traveling. Um, there were a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, and so this became Haunted Hollow. And, of course, you, if you're growing up in that stuff, then you're going to hear a whole lot of stories about that. So, clearly, it's not just uh, gullibility passed through generations <laughs> and stories passed through generations. There must be a genetic, there must be a gene for ESP and psychicness. I agree. And, you know... What they are probably seeing is not only the Native Americans, not only the people who have lived there, but they're seeing the cavemen who came well before yep. these stories and uh, all the other ghosts who have died under mean circumstances at that point. Because it's not just Native Americans that are heard there, it's every spirit that has died there. Should be, if it's maybe the recordings fade after time. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they actually pointed out that there's a cave in Haunted Hollow where you can actually hear the screams yeah. of the men, women, and children who died along the Trail of Tears. Yeah, I can't think of any possible explanation for yeah. that one. Yeah, Except um, if you've ever blown on top of an empty bottle. <laughs> <laughs> or actually gone inside of a cave and realized that caves breathe. Hmm, no explanation. None yeah. whatsoever. Uh, so, um, Dr. Roll, the eminent scientist that he is, grounded in, in naturalistic explanations, brings in a psychic. <laughs> Amy Allen to read the house. And of course, what does she do first thing when she gets there? Oh, she brings this uh, dork friend of hers with a Prince Valiant haircut. Yeah, I swear the dude was trying out to be Robin Hood's Merry Man. <laughs> Straight from the Renaissance Festival. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, filming this thing and she's saying, wow, this place is thick with energy. Yeah, you know what I would have loved? If, if, if the doctor, being scientifically minded, would have given them the wrong address and set up an actual experimentation yeah. where they go to the wrong house that has had no reports of any sort of paranormal activity and then watch them react. Yeah. If she would have got out of the car and said, whoa, I don't feel anything, I don't understand this, that would have been something. We've but, watched a bunch of these haunting episodes, and they're equally crappy. Yeah. Um, we were trying to get ideas from uh, these episodes to, to use in our, our own home haunt, right? But and, they're so terrible and so stupid 
that I haven't gotten any ideas from. No. They're just uh, awful. We got some good naps. Um, yeah. Um, so. so anyway, every one of these things, they bring in a psychic and they're like, I feel a very bad spirit here. This is a um, very, e you people are in trouble. This is a monstrously evil spirit. I would love for them to go to the wrong house down the street and say the same thing, right? They get in there and they're like, this is a monstrously evil. I feel it. Yeah. No, it's two blocks down. No, uh, <laughs> you're at the wrong house. It's down there. Oh, oh. Uh, well, you have something to worry about yourself. I would pay money to take a psychic to the wrong house and have him read it, knowing up front <laughs> that there was you know, no an evil spirit. Blah blah blah. Yeah, tell because them they're a called story. in, right? It's not like it's not like Doctor Roll's going to say, "Oh, psh, by the way, I'd like you to read a house." It's totally normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing wrong. He's going to say. You know, there's this family that's concerned, blah, 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 you're reading this, and so she starts getting these ideas. Yeah, they feel a malevolent presence. We we want you to come in here and read right. for them. Yeah. So, um, you know, what, since this guy with the page boy haircut is filming the whole thing, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, why don't we have the original footage? Yeah. They refilmed the whole thing for the documentary. Where's the original stuff? Because on this one, she's shockingly accurate. Yeah. She's saying, oh, I feel a benign caretaker ghost over here. Oh, this feels like a small child ghost. Oh, this over here, this feels like a really bad ghost. Yeah. You're like, um, where's the original footage? Not only that, but she pointed out that the small child ghost, the one that got in the car accident that the youngest saw, was so thick and so real that she never, uh, or she rarely runs into these types right. of things. Right, that she didn't think it was a ghost at first. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Let's see the original I want to see the original film. footage. They filmed it. That was the whole purpose of Fat Page Boy going over there with his camera. Well, well, Let's see the original it. footage. Yeah, what? Is the doctor hiding this because he's really planning on making oh, a book out of it? That's another thing. They used the original people that were actually haunted in this place to refilm these episodes. So apparently this was so traumatic for the mother that she chooses to relive the whole thing. Yeah. To go through it again and again and Come again, on. and then to sit there at the end of the show and say, "We just, we just wish all this attention would go away. We just wish this bullshit. Would stop. Bullshit! You're writing and a so book. <laughs> You've got a movie coming out. You've had a docudrama made of you. They bullshit. want this attention to go away so bad that they agree to play themselves on a goddamn documentary." <laughs> Boy, I know I like to go through traumatic, traumatic experiences over yeah. and over again. I mean, yeah. when I got in the rollover accident and put my head out the window, I mean, hey, that, that was so fun. I wanted to do it again and again. Leighton actually gained 20 IQ points after that accident. Yes, yes. It was about the only way I learned how to do simple <laughs> arithmetic. You could read after the accident. Yeah. Why do you think I'm doing this show? I can read now. Um, people with post-traumatic stress disorder, like soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, you can tell the ones who are faking because they're like, you like to watch war movies? Oh, yeah, I watch war movies every chance I get. Bullshit, you don't have PTSD. Yeah. People with PTSD turn the television off. They do not want to be reminded of it. That's the last thing they want to be reminded of. But these guys, hell, not only remind it, we'll reenact this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the psychic tells the family, um, you guys are psychics. You're mediums. You can't just pick up and leave the house because this you'll be sensitive to this stuff wherever yeah, you go. This is going to follow you around for the rest of your so, lives. Interestingly enough, the psychic that was brought in by Dr. Roll completely disagrees with Dr. Roll. Yeah. This isn't place memories. These aren't energy recordings. These are bad spirits <laughs> that are living in the house. And if you move somewhere else, you'll just find some more bad spirits. And so now um, Lisa w believed that it wasn't just an angry entity. This is the mom. Yeah. Um, it uh, had to be a demon. 
Because she's religious. Yes, yes. And that's what her pastor told her. Now, she actually woke up in the middle of the night because she heard evil voices above her. And so she reached over and she started shaking her husband, going, wake up, wake up. He wouldn't wake up. So she sat in bed and cried all night the first time. Yeah, and husband doesn't wake up. Husband or, doesn't wake up. more likely, puts the pillow over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Trying Jesus. to smother himself to get out of that relationship more like <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I have been in bed with a lot of women. As soon as they're tapping me, going, there's something outside. Da-da-da. You wake up. And if he doesn't, then he's clearly too drunk. Too he's passed drunk. out. He's, he's not out. sleeping. But doesn't it, isn't it interesting that instead of continually trying to wake him up, she just sits there and cries? Yes. <laughs> she doesn't get up. She doesn't try to leave. She just sits there and cries and listens to these demonic voices all night. So now she takes action. She gets her own psychic in who is uh, a member of her own faith. Church. Yeah. And, and what does he do as soon as he walks in? Whoa. Whoa. There's the real bad spirit. Here. I just walked into a wall of <laughs> psychic. And he says, "He says, I feel it right here." And she looks at him and doesn't say anything. And so he goes, "Well, it doesn't mean it resides here. That's just where I feel it." <laughs> <laughs> However, he contradicts himself a little later on because as he starts walking back through the rooms, he's like, "Oh yeah." He gets into the bedroom. Yeah. He's like. Oh, wow. I, oh, yeah. I really feel it in here. Well, no shit, dipshit. You probably told him about the experience oh, of getting yeah. up and crying in the night. Yeah, that's why you're here. That's why you're here. He goes here. into the daughter's room. Oh, my God. I can There's feel a it spirit here. in here. Goes into the other daughter's room. Well, um, not really. So, oh, my God, the door frame. There's an evil spirit trying to get into the room. Yeah. The door's open. You know, what the hell is barring the evil spirit from getting in? All I can figure is maybe it's like the old vampire lore where you have to invite the, the vampire <laughs> in. But, yeah, he, he says in the very beginning, well, you know, it could be in this general area. This is just where I feel it right now. And then he specifically states, at this doorstep, it cannot enter, but I feel it right here. So what do they do? They go to their church and they get their pastor, who looks exactly like a pig. Yes, I mean they, he really does. That is really impressive. Um, when he's talking about demonic spirits, I mean, I, you remember that one pig in the Amityville Horror? That's what he reminded me. of. <laughs> anyway, he's talking about it. So this is the, the third expert they've consulted, right? They've consulted a PhD, they've consulted some psychics, and now a priest, and they've gotten three different explanations. Well, the reason why they went to their pastor this time is because. The mom, Lisa, woke up again yeah. to these demonic voices. He couldn't wake up the husband Couldn't wake again. him up again. Uh, if you're hearing this multiple times in the same room at night, uh, could it be that the heat is kicking on and it's no. vibrating? Demonic uh, voices. Demo oh, sorry, sprinkler system. So you get place memories from the PhD parapsychologist, angry entities from the psychics, and demonic spirits from the priest. Yeah. So what do they do? They hold a little thing in the church where they anoint the mom and the daughter with oil and um, apparently do a remote casting of evil spirits from the church. <laughs> I've never seen that. And not only that. But Aren't they supposed to go in the house and like sprinkle, sprinkle holy water? Sprinkle holy water. Like I said, different denomination, obviously. That's right. They're not Catholic. So I get they just cast the um, evil spirits from miles away out of the yeah. house. And then the preacher actually gets up and he does a sermon about this oldest daughter thinking that it's really her fault and that uh, she shouldn't be thinking that way because it is not her fault. She is just being attacked by demonic spirits. Right. Um, and so they go home and the hauntings keep happening. <laughs> <laughs>
Why do you suppose? I'll tell you why. Because all of her life, even the pastor, tells Heidi that she has a gift. Yeah. Right? She's special. She has a gift. Do you think she's going to give that up? No. In no fact, way. she specifically states at the end of the movie, I don't think it's a curse. I'm special. Yep. Right, exactly. Uh, Mom says, you know, it's been a couple months. It's gotten better. We, we'll see them every once in a while. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to live with it. This is my favorite part of the whole episode. She says, having faith is the biggest part of it. It has gotten better over the last several months. And that's just faith. <laughs> So you would think that if faith was involved when they went to their preacher and be gone had him, permanently, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, okay. what's the matter? They don't have enough faith. What's blocking them? Well, Why are the things still happening? Maybe they're trying to walk on water like Jesus did, and they kept sinking. Oh God! They just don't have enough faith, so they just have to keep that, praying. That's what it is. And I can actually hear the pigman preacher stating that. You guys just yeah. need to have more faith, right. and these will go away. It's not that I was ineffective. It's your fault. You, you need to have more faith. You need to be better. That's what these religious types always tell them. You, know? you be a better person. You repent of your sins. Have more faith, and I'm sure it'll go away. So none of these guys were effective in getting rid of these, quote, ghosts. Not what they need one. is not a psychologist, not a psychic, not a pastor. They need a psychiatrist. They need counseling. Yes. They need education in critical thinking abilities. Yes, especially the daughter and the new generation, so they can put a stop to this generation-old yeah. belief in ghosts, spirits, hauntings. Right. So, you know, does does religion do harm? Do, do these, does this stuff do harm? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, what I'd like to say, too, is that believing in this religious crap for no reason whatsoever, in the absence of any evidence makes you more susceptible to believing in any crap, yeah. right? You know, it's not just one thing. You don't just have, like I was saying, you know, I have a physics professor who thinks, oh, pff, ghosts, ridiculous. But Bigfoot, I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> UFOs, definitely. Yes, yes, um, I see aliens probing my ass all the time. The vast majority of people believe in this stuff are religious. That may be because, just because the vast majority of people out there are religious. But I think that there, it goes deeper than that. Um, I think that... If you accept one thing without any evidence, you will accept quite a few things without any evidence. You oh. know, and these guys are just sitting there nodding like idiots the whole time. Oh, that sounds good. As they're receiving three contradictory statements. Yeah. Yep, I believe that. But they don't see them as contradictory. They just see these as experts telling them one problem, another problem, and another three separate problems for the same thing. Right. And then they just take what they want, pick and choose, just like religion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this part of the Old Testament. Well, I don't like that part of the New Testament. I just believe what I believe. I, believe I just have faith. Because it's what I want to believe. All right, so that about winds that one up. Yes. Um, we'll try to get a haunting in Connecticut. Maybe we'll do a Ghostbusters type of thing because those TV shows are pretty popular. Um, but again, we're pretty busy, so no promises. Yeah, this, this is actually turning into a much larger project than either of us were planning. We have pretty much doubled what we have done last year. So if you live in Utah, uh, around the Salt Lake area, swing by. Shoot us an email. Definitely yeah. come. I'll make you shit in your pants. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>